Daredevil Mike, the famous flat earther, has died in a rocket accident. And a California street was shut down after 40,000 bees swarm the block. And a man hits the emergency button on a train in Japan after a passenger coughs without a mask. These are the weird stories for Monday. This is Weird AF News. I'm your host, Jonesy. I'm alive and let's do it. The world has lost what probably is the most famous flat earther in history. Mad Mike Hughes has died after crash landing his homemade rocket. I've covered this guy's story before, I think a couple times, because every year he flies a homemade rocket very high up into the sky to try to see if the Earth is flat or round. He just won't listen to science or anybody else. He just really, he was a man on a mission, Mike Hughes, trying to prove the impossible. A real dummy, and it's unfortunate that he, he risked his life to uh, to try and prove something that's uh, not possible. Mad Mike Hughes, age 64, crash-landed his steam-powered rocket. Steam-powered? Maybe that's where it all went wrong. I don't think rockets should be run on steam. Uh, after takeoff on near Barstow, which is uh, out in the desert between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. I've driven through Barstow a few times to get to Vegas. I had no idea that uh, Mad Mike was out there doing uh, <laughs> uh, quasi-science a video on social media shows a rocket being fired into the sky before plummeting to the ground nearby. Hughes was well known for his belief that the Earth was flat. He hoped to prove his theory by going to space. <laughs> and he tried to go to space by building a rocket out of some parts he found in his garage, like an old lawnmower. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but... It was very homemade, his rocket. I don't recommend anybody flying homemade rockets, by the way. We don't condone it here at Weird AF News. It's quite dangerous. It's a dangerous feat. Saturday's launch was reportedly filmed as part of a of Homemade Astronauts, a new TV series about amateur rocket makers to be aired on the U.S. Science Channel. The project had to be carried out on a tight budget. A tight budget? You, you, can't, you can't skimp on your homemade astronaut rocket building budget, okay? That's how people die. Science Channel. I don't know what you're doing. Amateur rocket makers. That seems like uh, if you, sh I mean, you got to expect one of them to die in the first season for you for uh, homemade astronauts, right? If you're watching homemade astronauts, let's say on Netflix, you're like one of these idiots is going to blow themselves up, right? You expect it. Well, apparently it's going to be Mike Hughes on on season one then, with the help of his partner Waldo Stakes. How do you get somebody to be your partner in such a a dumb adventure? Like, hey, buddy, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to help me shoot a rocket up? Um, I don't know anything about rockets. I live in a desert. I make homemade beef jerky. But okay, uh, I'll help you with the rocket, I guess. What's the rocket for? Are you trying to get, get to the moon? Or what, what are you trying to do, fly to China? No, no, I'm trying to get up high to uh, look at the non-curvature of the Earth to prove that it is not a curvature. Uh, yeah, sure, I'm not doing anything. I'll help you prove the Earth is flat. Wow, out of your mind, Waldo. Hughes, Mike Hughes, was trying to reach an altitude of 5,000 feet while riding his steam-powered rocket. In the video of the launch, a parachute can be seen trailing behind the rocket, apparently deployed too early, seconds after takeoff. His, his parachute deployed seconds after the takeoff, way too early. This is the homemade rocket that you get, you know? In a tweet, the Science Channel said Hughes had died pursuing his dream. 
San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department says its officers were called to a rocket launch event. On Saturday at 2 p.m., the sheriff's office said a man was pronounced deceased after the rocket crashed in the open desert. Hughes publicist confirmed to U.S. media outlets that it was the pilot who had been killed. Uh, here's a quote. When God made Mike, he broke the mold. The man was the real deal, and he lived to push the edge. He wouldn't have gone out any other way. Rest in peace, says a friend of Mad Mike. Mad Mike and his assistants built the homemade rocket in his backyard, spending about $18,000. Uh, the rocket uses steam injected through a nozzle for propulsion. There's a picture of Mike next to this rocket. It's a very small rocket. It doesn't look safe at all to me, but then again, I'm not a rocketeer, so I don't know. Mad Mike was a daredevil who lived in Apple Valley, which is a place I've done comedy many times. He made headlines internationally when he announced his intention to prove his theory that the Earth was flat. In March last year, he flew to an altitude of 1,870 feet before deploying his parachutes and landing with a bump. He wasn't able to prove anything except for that he could sort of build a rocket and that led to his last rocket. Another fun fact about Daredevil Mike is that he set a Guinness World Record in 2002 for the longest limousine jump over 31 meters in a Lincoln Town Car stretched limo. This guy's outstanding. May he rest in peace, Daredevil Mike. We'll miss you. Weird AF News will miss you. The weirdos will miss you. We won't have another Mike story again, unfortunately. And uh, I guess we'll never know if the Earth is flat or round, unfortunately, guys. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> A swarm of 40,000 bees attacked the police that happened to be responding to a single bee sting report. They were responding to a single report of a bee sting, but their problem was about to get a whole lot worse, says the article. A group of firefighters and police that were responding to a bee sting were attacked by a swarm of nearly 40,000 Africanized bees. Oh, no. Three of the first responders were rushed to the hospital while the others quickly shut down the block. Whoa, they shut down a whole block over bees? Never seen this before. Here's a quote. I've been with the fire department 18 years now and responded to several bee incidents, but never to this magnitude. That was from Pasadena Fire Department Public Information Officer Lisa Durderin. <clears throat> Pasadena, that's near where I live. I'm not there. I'm in Asia. Thank God. Those bees are sound dangerous. I'd rather be around the virus. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. The bees went bananas and they stung seven people in total. But two of them didn't go to the hospital, the authorities said. No one got it worse than the first firefighter who arrived. The bees stung him 17 times. That led to the group realizing that the swarm of bees covered an entire block. The bees were very aggressive. Somebody could have had an allergic reaction and it could have been serious and or fatal, said one of the firefighters. A professional beekeeper arrived and climbed a ladder to remove the hive, which was on the roof of a four-story Hampton Inn. They then sprayed the bees with CO2 and foam extinguishers. Some of the bees were killed while others left the area when the sun went down. The beekeeper safely removed the hive so that the bees could not return home. Ooh, wow, lots of details about beehives and swarms. What are the casualties? Well, two firefighters, two police officers, and one civilian ended up hospitalized after being stung. That's five people over bees! Here's a quote, a quote from one of the, uh, somebody from the Beekeepers Association. <laughs> wow. Something set them off. Some activity, noise, vibration. It's hard to tell what set them off, but something definitely did. Thanks for the info, Beekeeper. 
We have firefighters who have been working here for many, many years. They said this is by far the most bees they've seen at one location, says a spokesperson. <laughs> who? What are these bees, Jonesy? What do they do? Where do they come from? Well, they're Africanized bees, and they're descended from a crossbreed between African and European bees that were introduced in South America in the 1950s, but which escaped and proliferated breeding with local species. Due to their habit of aggressively defending their nests, the insects have acquired an, a familiar nickname, killer bees. The police and firefighters first attempted to calm the bees with smoke. Then they used fire extinguishing foam to kill the bees. We don't like to kill the bees. Uh, we're beekeepers, said the beekeeper who arrived. But in a situation like this where the public safety is concerned, we have to take care of the public. Sometimes we got to kill some bees. Some of them had to die, apparently. I'm fascinated with bees. I'm a big I'm a big fan of bees. Someday I want to keep bees. Have I said that before on the show? Yeah. I think it would be quite fun to keep some bees. Get one of those fancy helmets, you know? You know what I mean? Pretty cool. I would raise honey and I would I would uh I would give it away to my to the people that join my Patreon. That's what I would do if I had bees. That'd be pretty cool, right? Join the Patreon, by the way. P A T R E O N dot com slash weird AF news where you can get bonus episodes and all that stuff. Yeah. Four out of five Pasadena firefighters and beekeepers recommend Weird AF News and the Patreon. <laughs> That's not true. But but you'll never know. A man hit the emergency button on a train in Japan after passenger coughs without a mask. I wanted to cover this story because I'm, I'm about to go to Japan and there's a situation going on where, you know, people are losing their minds over the virus and the masks and all these situations. I'm very concerned. A train in the southwestern Japan city of Fukuoka was delayed by several minutes after a passenger hit an emergency button because someone else was coughing without wearing a mask. The trouble on the city subway train is believed to have erupted as the passenger was on edge due to the increasing number of new coronavirus cases in Japan. And I'm afraid to go there, but I'm going there. The Fukuoka City Transportation Bureau said a passenger on a four-car train traveling between Tenjin Minami and Hashimoto stations on the Nanakuma line pressed an emergency notification button at about 18, uh, 8 p.m., con <clears throat> connecting the train with the bureau. A man then reported, there's a person coughing and they're not wearing a mask on this train. The driver and a station master hurried to the carriage after the train stopped and two people who were arguing were removed and put on the platform. The pair who had been sitting next to each other made amends after getting out of the train. The incident resulted in a delay of three minutes as the driver dealt with the incident. Why do they say this is a three-minute delay? Well, because Japan is known for being very punctual with their public transportation. So a three-minute delay is a big deal. Now, where I'm from, a three-minute delay, that means on time. A Transportation Bureau representative commented, We'd like to ask people to refrain from pushing the emergency notification button just because there is someone without a mask. We're calling on passengers to show proper manners when they cough and want to publicize this more. Yes, you should You should show proper manners, okay? Somebody coughs, you don't hit the emergency button. It's, it's all about not slipping into freak-out mode, all right? There's just no need for it. It's irrational. No good decisions are made when you're freaked out, okay? So take a minute... Take a breath, count to 10, whatever you have to do. Practice transcendental meditation. I don't know. Pop a Xanax. Take a hit from your little uh, one-hitter. Take a... Pet your emotional support miniature pony. 
do whatever it, it takes to calm down before you make a decision like that. All right. Um, it's very alarming. Everybody freaking out about the virus, and it's not helping. Okay, there's there's two viruses out there. There is the actual virus that's being spread physiologically and that is out there and affecting people. Then there's the virus of the stories that are being spread about the virus, which cause a great number of people to slip into anxious states um, and panic unnecessarily most of the time, in my opinion. So, you know, be careful. Be careful about the information that you're spreading, where you're spreading it, who you're spreading it to, and be careful about just pulling on emergency levers when it's really not necessary, causing panic and public disturbances. This is no way to react, okay? I'm just uh, I'm just letting you guys know. You probably already know this because you're intelligent, but, you know, I'm just saying. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe you think this was okay to just start yanking emergency notification buttons on trains because someone coughed without a mask. Maybe you think that's fine. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, currently I'm packing for Japan and I'm, I'm packing masks. Of course I am. I'm packing masks, okay? You've seen me on Instagram not wearing them, but I'm definitely packing them for this trip to Japan. So don't worry about me. Jonesy's got it all under control. I just hope nobody's like freaking out when I'm on a train. I can't handle this stuff, man. <laughs> You're listening to Weird AF News. I'm your host, Jonesy. Please like, share the podcast, rate it. That kind of stuff is just fine and it's dandy and it helps me out. I appreciate that. If you want to uh, call the show, you can use my 24-7 Google number, baby. 646-450-2012. You can email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. I like hearing from people, by the way. I'm publishing a number of phone calls after this uh, little segment. So stick around if you want to listen to some callers. Uh, my Instagram has been pumping out videos and photos of me on my trip through Asia. I was just in Malaysia, and that was a pretty cool place. Um, you can follow me at Funny Jones on Instagram and Twitter. And on uh, uh, Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, lastly, check out my Patreon. That's right, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Weird AF News, where you can uh, support the show with a very small donation once a month. Yeah, like buying Jonesy a cup of coffee or a beer, you know. Um, and by the way, where I'm traveling, like a cup of coffee's mad cheap, man. Um, so it's like you're actually buying me like three cups of coffee, I'd say. And I want to thank uh, somebody who joined the Patreon over the weekend, Misty Millet. Or is it Millet? Millet. Misty. Misty um, and I actually were conversing on Instagram for a bit. Um, she's wonderful and I'm so grateful that that she joined the Patreon. I'm so grateful for all my patrons. It's such such a sweet gesture, and uh, it it made me so happy. So thank you, Misty, for doing that. I, I appreciate that so much. And please enjoy the extra content on there, uh, the blog posts, the videos, the photos, the uh, the bonus episodes, all that crap. Um, yeah, Patreon.com/slash/WeirdAFNews and be like Misty and join. The Weird AF News Patreon organization. And that's all I got. We'll see you tomorrow with more Weird AF News. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, Jonesy. This is Trixie. I'm out of West Virginia, which experiences more deaths from the opioid crisis than any other state. Well, technically, we battle against Ohio every year, but that's beside the point. The reason why they're installing that machine in Canada is not because they want to encourage people to use opioids. They want to encourage them to use them safely. It's kind of like where other countries, I believe Amsterdam and a couple of other ones, have areas where you're able to use illicit substances in a clean and sustainable way, I guess you could say, uh, where the supplies are coming directly from a source. So that's their goal in Canada. But keep in mind, they also have socialized medicine up there. So the fact that they've only had 359 deaths in a year due to overdoses isn't so bad. But I can understand where they're coming from is a good place. You know, in West Virginia, though, we haven't even legalized marijuana, which is absolutely ridiculous in my mind because that has even uh, an even higher effect on things like drug overdoses. So the main goal is not to encourage use or to get people in trouble or demonize them. What they're doing is they're trying to provide them with a safe and known amount of a drug versus people getting it off the street where things with like heroin can be late and really actually kill you. They're just trying to provide safer dosing, that's all. Anyway, I've been a long time listener. I actually really do like listening to the show. I hope you have a good one, Jonesy. Be safe. Hey, Jonesy, uh, Finn here. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, you were uh, talking about the snake orgies uh, on your show today. And uh, it's Florida Friday. Uh, and I was going to let you know that I actually love snakes, and I think they're beautiful animals, and I've actually studied them for a few years now, and uh, I know quite a lot about them, and I would just like to let you know, and uh, everyone else in the Great AF News family know, that <clears throat> unless you provoke or act threatening or scary to a snake, eat or like step on it, it or something, it will not attack you. You see, most people think that, like, snakes are, like, always out to get you. And the truth is, they're not. And you want to hear a cool fact? There are 10,000 different species of snakes. Of those, only 5,000 are venomous. And of those 5,000, only 2,000 have venom potent enough to kill a human. Okay? It's pretty cool, right? So... Anyway, that's all I had to say. I just wanted to also, again, Jonesy, you're awesome. Keep doing what you do. All right. Bye. Hey, dude. Salutations from Nova Scotia. Just calling to say I heard you were uh, addicted. Uh, you were not addicted. Hey, Jonesy, I can't. My mind wrapped around the story about the man who kidnapped the woman and forced her watch to watch Roots in order to get her to change her views on uh, on race issues. Uh, he's forced her to watch it to change her racism views or something to that effect. Um, obviously, if he knew that she was racist in some way, he must know the woman. 
And so if he kidnapped her, there's going to be repercussions when he releases her because she's going to report it to the authorities and he's going to get uh, arrested. So there's uh, that issue. Um, when you think of this, you must, your mind automatically must go to the thought that the man must be black because uh, he's believing that the woman is racist, so she must be white. But, um, you know, especially the fact that he's forcing her to watch Roots. But then when you say that uh, he said that he was going to chop her up and leave her in pieces along the highway if she didn't watch the miniseries, well, then that makes me think that the man who's doing the kidnapping must be white because most serial killer type people are white and not black. So then is it a white man kidnapping a white woman? You know, he knows this woman and she's racist and he's trying to get her to change her mind. Or is it a white man kidnapping a black woman for her reverse racist views against white people? You know, assuming that all white people are racist in their views against black people. Uh, you know, this is kind of a weird story. I wish you really did have more details on it. Then your second story about opioid vending machines, that's just crazy to me, too, because they have to have a lot of good security cameras or something on that vending machine, or you think that that's just going to get automatically broken into or stolen because people are going to want the drugs in it, or the people that are getting the drugs from the machine, uh, they're going to have people watching them, and as soon as they purchase their drugs from it or get their drugs vended from the machine, they're going to walk away, and then they're going to get jumped by criminals who are going to knock them over the head and steal their drugs from them that they just got from the machine. So that's a crazy thought. Uh, so I'm not really sure what to make from that. So uh, crazy stories that you had there. Then the people with their pets, well, that I've ever had in the past, they become part of the family, but, you know, they still got fed regular pet food and they were left behind on the weekend if they were cats, just with plenty of food and water to drink. You know, dogs, that's a different story. They can't go in the litter box. You have to make arrangements for them. But yeah, you're right. They, they know their place. I can understand that people take more pictures of their animals than they do their, their. You know, the best thing about getting high and smoking weed in Asia is, when you get Chinese eyes, you blend in. Yay! Hey, Jonesy, Dallas from Minnesota. Sorry, I've been working, uh, training a lot, so I haven't had time to even uh, comment on your show lately. But I want to comment on today's episode. Um, first of all, uh, the the one where they kidnapped, that one person kidnapped that, that, that woman, the watch uh, Roots. Um, and I wonder how well something like that would even work. I would imagine if I were racist and someone brought me in uh, to watch some some show, I would probably turn out more racist because I'm forced to be indoctrined to some type of uh, 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 show. The other thing I want to know, and I don't have time to look this up right now, but is the person who, who, who caught her, was that a black person or was it a white person? And I ask because there's a lot of white people out there who are woke weirdos who for some reason think that they need to, uh, you know, prove racism to everyone. I wonder if it was one of those weirdos who, who, who did that. Um, but either way, I don't think that would work very well at all. Next is that uh, opium vending machine. You know, I, I remember back when I was a teenager, there was 
one or two vending machines for cigarettes uh, in my town. Now they don't exist at all anymore, but there there, there were a couple of those uh, uh, when, when I was a kid. And I remember how easy it was for uh, my friends to get cigarettes out of there, uh, you know, and be able to uh, get their smoke. I, I, I never smoked cigarettes, so I never uh, had to get cigarettes out of there but uh you know it was very easy for anyone to they were hardly ever monitored so i i agree with you you know children could easily get it but i also think you know if cities like uh portland and san francisco where they give uh needles away to drug addicts and people you know throw throw needles all around uh, on the ground you know because they're given away for free so obviously it doesn't really curb anything except for maybe AIDS for, for giving out the needles, but I doubt it even does that. Um, I don't think this is going to curb someone's addiction. I think it's making it even easier to access the drugs. Um, and, you know, this is going from a person who, you know, I, I don't care what drugs you, you use as long as you're not hurting someone else. But if, if, if you're to a point where where you need help and you need help from your addiction, there's no way the spending machine is going to help you out at all. Um, you know, you, you, you need some sort of treatment. And uh, I really don't think this is a this is something that's going to be beneficial, especially when it's, you know, a hardcore drug. It, it just doesn't make sense of why we would make this so accessible to people.